0: The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, February 21st, 2022. The woman
1: in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life she can rest so easily. She does everything you do,
2: because the woman in
1: your
2: life is you. Welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. With me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Oh, it was a chilly, chilly, chilly day this morning, waking up. Well, February is Black History Month, and next week, happy... Happy Chinese New Year 2022. It's the year of the tiger. A great, great year of purpose and strength. Well, I have three special guests this morning. Joining me on the phone will be uh, Faith Ross. We'll be talking about how Petaluma is acknowledging Black History Month. And I'm really looking forward to hearing about what they are up to in Petaluma. You know, Faith always puts on a wonderful, wonderful display. And the most important thing about Black History Month is to remember that our history is our strength. And it's good to know all about our black sisters and brothers. Anyway, joining me in the studio and I'm so excited that I have two live beans here, is a very special, two special guests. One is a very special friend, Mary Minot. Mary is the owner of Green Mary, a 20-year-old company that provides greening services to public events around San Francisco Bay Area, and she's a long-time activist. Oh, I have to take a deep breath. Mornings are always so crazy. And also have with me Trina De La Chapelle. Both women are part of an organization called Braver Angels, which we will be talking about. Uh, Let me give you a little background about Braver Angels. It's a New York-based 5013C nonprofit dedicated to uh, political depolarization. I like that word, depolarization. In other words, they are a group that's going to try to help us get along with each other. Uh, The organization runs workshops, debates, and other events where red, conservative, and blue, liberal participants attempt to better understand one another's positions and discover their shared values. And it's very, very interesting when you think about that, because I think that's the only way that we're going to be able to come together. In fact, before we came into the studio, Trina and I were talking about... uh, you know, that we all have to come. There's no such thing as blue and red. It's just human beings trying to get together, trying to make some sense of this crazy world because it's getting crazier and crazier. Uh, this... Uh uh, Saturday, Ken and I had the honor of uh, going and seeing the uh, play production at the 6th Street Theater called Hair, and it was just, oh, my God. I, at the end, I just cried my eyes out. Now, why did I cry? Because I realized I saw that play 50 years ago. You know, folks, I'm going to be 82 next month, so I have a lot of background in seeing all these different things that came forward during the 60s and the 70s, and I couldn't believe it. When I listened to that, that musical, I said, what has changed? We're on the brink of war again. You know, women's rights are on the table. Voting rights are being trashed. I mean, all these things that we tried to move forward, it seems, feels like we've gone backwards. You know, how could it be that 50 years ago we were singing about this, screaming about this, being in the street about this, and here we are, 2022, and we're still there? I mean, that's something not right, folks. I mean, something is really not right. Well, also joining on on the phone will be Faith Ross. Faith will be letting us know about what is happening in Petaluma to both celebrate and bring awareness to Black History Month. Ross has been the curator of several successful exhibitions at the Petaluma Historical Library, including this year's exhibit. And I have to say, each exhibit has been a moving and educational experience until we see what others encounter we never really understand who they are and that's the whole point about black history and you know next month is going to be women's history month boy we got <laughs> and it's amazing it's amazing all these events all these attitudes all these discussions and yet here we are i mean it's just mind boggling well i want to give you just a little bit of background um Uh, February is Black History Month, or what they call National African American uh, History Month. It's an annual celebration of achievements by black Americans and a time for recognizing the vital role of African Americans in United States history. And what's been really, really interesting to me of late is as I do research, because I'm trying to bring uh, people together, trying to, uh, this month particularly, I'm honoring African American women And the thing that is so stunning to me is that it's still happening, you know, it's still happening. We still have our races, our our attitudes towards one another that absolutely have to change. Um, This uh, this month, this Monday, which I think is really really interesting, uh, I want to I want to honor two women. The first woman I'm going to honor and say happy birthday, and this is she was born actually today, February 21st, 1936, and she made her transition in 1996. That is Barbara Jordan, who's a politician. She was a star debater at Texas State University. She served in Texas state legislation from 1962 to 1972. She was elected to the House of Representatives. In 1973, uh, retired in 1978, where she sponsored expanding the coverage of the voting rights. Can you? She, she voted to expand it, and here they have voted to restrict it more. It's, it's crazy. And voted to impeach Nixon. She taught 17 years at the University of Texas, awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. That's Barbara Jordan, a beautiful, beautiful black woman. You know, if you go on the Internet and I talk about these women, you can look up and you can see their pictures. And Barbara Jordan is absolutely, absolutely stunning. Well, another thing I'm going to do today that I think is very important that I want to mention, because... You know, Black History Month is very, very important, and historical. You know, historical things are are very exciting to me. And I came across this, this, uh, this uh, something on the uh, on Facebook, and I want to read it to you about uh, Marianne Anderson. In 1939, the daughters of the American Revolution barred black singer Marian Anderson from performing under a white performers only policy. When Eleanor Roosevelt, of course, we all know who Eleanor Roosevelt was. He was the president of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And I think she was really running the country when you start thinking about it. When Eleanor Roosevelt found out, she resigned from their organization. And with President Roosevelt and the NAACP arranged for Anderson to sing at the Lincoln Memorial Broadcast Nationwide. She sang with tears in her eyes to over seventy five thousand people who actually showed up in person and then also that was on the radio. Amazing, amazing event. And a shout out to Eleanor Roosevelt. I mean I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I wish we had 100 women like her that were in charge today. You know, that's another thing that, you know, I really have to scratch my head. You know, we see women today that, are in, that are, have a seat at the table, that can express, that can protect, that can do things for the future of our children. And what do they do? They, they do nothing. What are they supporting? They're supporting ideas that kill our democracy, not enhance it. So it's, it's really a lot to think about. And then the second person that I'm gonna be uh, wanna honor, one of my favorites, especially the fact that you know I'm a member, I've been a member and I was actually president of the National Organization for Women, the Sonoma County chapter, is a real, a real important activist, and that's Polly Murray. An amazing woman. And when I take a, a musical break, we're going to be playing a song called Dark Testament. It's it's not really a song. It's kind of a rap. It's kind of a rap, you know, and it, it, and it's all on Polly Murray's work. And she was an amazing woman. And what was so interesting about her is when she passed away, when she died and they found her papers, what they really discovered is that she really struggled with her own gender identity. And you think we've come a long way. And that's why it's so important that we hold on to what we have and not lose it. That's why women have to stand up. You know, it's interesting. Women do not stand up. You know, I listen to talk shows all the time. I say 75% are men, 25% are women. We're the women. They got to start speaking out. They got to start standing up. And they have to start saying enough is enough. And this is what an example of what Pauli Murray did here. She was a woman who was struggling with her gender. And she was also making ways for other women. Very, very involved with the National Organization for Women when it first began. She actually wrote the preamble for them. And she also worked with uh, with uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She actually wrote her briefs when she went before the uh, Supreme Court to defend the rights of women to have a choice. So let me I'm, I'm going to read this to you because I don't want to miss any points when it comes to her. Anna Polly Murray was born November 20th. That's interesting. That was my mother's birthday, November 20th, 1910, and made her transition July 1st, 1985. She was an American civil rights activist who became a lawyer, a women's rights activist, an Episcopal uh, priest, and author. Drawn to the ministry in 1977, Murray was the first African-American woman to be ordained as an Episcopalian priest did i pronounce that right can priskit in the first year that any women were ordained by that church As a lawyer, Murray argued for civil rights and women's rights. Murray was appointed by President John F. Kennedy to serve on the 1961 to 1963 Presidential Commission on the Status of Women. In 1966, she was co-founder of the National Organization for Women. Ruth Bader Ginsburg named Murray as a co-author of a brief in the 1971 case, Reed v. Reed, in recognition of her pioneering work on gender discrimination. This case articulated failure of the courts to recognize sex discrimination for what it is and its common features with other types of arbitrary discrimination. Murray held faculty or administrative positions at the Ghana School of Law, Benedict College, and Brandeis University. Well, well, that's a mouthful, let me tell you, but this is a strong, powerful African-American woman who made the way, for many of us women who are, and yet we're still struggling. And so this, this song, or this rap, A Dark Testament, is part of a, a book that was one of the only books that Polly Murray uh, uh, wrote about poetry, And it's a compilation of poems written between 1933 and 1941. Speaking of her poetry, Murray said, I think the same thing that made me write poetry, dark testament, the same kind, I don't know whether to call it fire, the same kind of unrest, the same kind of response to situations made me participate in activities. So that's Polly Murray. And as you know, everything that I say on the show you can go on to www.womenspaces.com. That's www.womenspaces, two S's in the middle, .com, and you'll see, what I've, you know, see the piece that I have written. So we're going to take a musical break. I, I don't know whether to call it a musical break, but it, it's a combination of musical and it's a combination of rap, and it's called Dark Testament. And uh, let's see, who is that by? Oh, Dark Testament sung by Rashad and Courtney. And it's from their album, A Conversation with Polly Murray. When we return, we will be talking via the phone uh, with Faith Ross about what's happening in uh, Petaluma as far as celebrating Black History Month. So let's go ahead, Ken, play Dark Testament.
3: Hope is a crushed stalk between clenched fingers. Hope is a bird's wing, broken by a stone. Hope is a word in a tuneless ditty, a word whispered with the wind, a dream of 40 acres and a mule, a cabin of one's own and a moment to rest, a name and a place for one's children, and children's children at last. Hope is a song in a weary throat. Give me a song of hope and a world where I can sing it. Give me a song of faith and a people to believe in it. Give me a song of kindliness and a country where I can live it. Give me a song of hope and love and a brown girl's heart to hear it. I sing of a new American, separate from all others, yet enlarged and diminished by all others. I am the child of kings and serfs, freemen and slaves, having neither superiors nor inferiors, progeny of all colors, all cultures, all systems, all beliefs. I have been enslaved, yet my spirit is unbound. I have been cast aside, that I sparkle in the darkness I have been slain but live on in the rivers of history I seek no conquest no wealth no power no revenge I seek only discovery of the illimitable heights and depths of my own being. Hope is a crushed stalk between clenched fingers. Hope is a bird's wing broken by a stone. Hope is a word in a tuneless ditty a word whispered with the wind, a dream of 40 acres and a mule, a cabin of one's own and a moment to rest, a name and a place for one's children and children's children, at last. Hope is a song in a weary throat.
2: Oh, if that isn't powerful, I don't know what is. That was a song called Dark Testament. It was from the writings of Pauli Murray. And I'll tell you something. It's very, very timely and a lot to think about when you listen to stuff like this. It's just amazing. Anyway, for you folks just joining, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station. Its board of directors, its members are Women's Spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host Elaine Behold. And I'm so excited. Joining me on the phone is one of my favorite people, Faith Ross. Welcome, Faith. Welcome to Women's Spaces.
4: Thank you, Elaine. I'm glad to be here, and thank you for asking
2: me. Did you get have a chance to listen to that that piece? That you know, that was I did. That was actually that was actually from the writings of Polly Murray, which just blew me away. It just really did. It really did. Well, Faith, before we begin, do you mind if I tell our folks just a little bit about you? Okay. I'd love to talk about you, Faith. Faith is currently involved (laughs) in her community of Petaluma through Petaluma Blacks for Community Development, P. B, C, D, Petaluma Historical Library and Museum. A native California raised in Louisiana, Ross received a degree in business administration from Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Ross retired from her auditor assessor's office at the county of Sonoma and was a former member of the Santa, Ro- uh, Sonoma County Human Rights Commission. That's where we met, pa- uh, Faith. We met at the Human right. Rights Commission, and I have to say, of all the of all the commissioners, you were the most friendly and made it help make it. Very, very comfortable for me. Oh, Ross, thank
4: you.
2: Ross has been the curator of several successful exhibitions at the museum, including Women Who Fought for Civil Rights and the Many Faces of Petaluma, the Ethnic and Cultural Diversity of Our City. As one of the founding members of the uh, Petaluma Blacks uh community organization. Ross has helped to promote an understanding of black history and culture by providing a free community black history program and other events during February, which is Black History Month. Anything you would like to add, Faith?
4: That just kind of sums it up, other than the fact that, you know, this is our 44th year uh, in existence for Petaluma Blacks for community development. So that's just amazing to me to, um, to have an organization that survives that long that's actually been in existence through volunteer work. We do not have any paid staff or anything, and so it's, it's just kind of amazing to me that we have been able to survive and, and have our programs and, and things every year through donations.
2: Well, you know, that's, that's interesting that you say 44 years. Um, the interview that's going to follow you is a group called Braver Angels. And I uh-huh. think it's important when someone has a history of 44 years of maintaining an organization, what do you think your secret was?
4: You know, I, I think basically just total commitment, commitment to sharing our history and culture, knowing that a lot of times a lot of the information that we bring forth isn't in our textbooks. So our children don't learn it in school, um, and and some of them don't have access to the information at home either. And so it's just been important, but I think it's
2: our determination just to keep moving. Well, I think it's amazing. 44 years, that's quite an accomplishment. Well, you know, I, you're Doing that, you're doing this black history display. I, I, I had the, the fortune of being able, if someone put something on Facebook and I was able to get a review of it, I, I couldn't believe all the stuff that I saw. It was just ama- I wanted to be there. You know, I wanted to get, get closer to it. So talk about how you, and you as an individual, as an African-American woman, when did you first become aware of the richness of this history? What, what, what was your first inclination when you were young in school? How, how did that happen? Well,
4: you know, I grew up in the South. I think you mentioned that. I grew up in Louisiana. The black history, and a long time ago, I think, Elaine, you and I are probably close to the same age. Um, So a lot of our history wasn't taught. And even when I went to college, which was years ago, Um, I didn't, so it was as an adult that I started to read for myself and understand some of our history and see it. And I think these programs have really, you know, doing our black history programs, we start months ahead of time doing research and stuff, and I read a lot. And so just reading some of the books and trying to understand, and I've still got a lot to learn. I've got a whole lot to learn. Uh, About our history and stuff, because it's not out there as much as it should be, plus the fact that it's just our history. It is American history. And so I think that that's one of the things that we need to start to do is to sort to of promote it as a, a part of American history.
2: Well, it's so important because, you know, one of the things doing the radio show, you do a lot of research, a lot of reading. And the thing mm-hmm. that really blew me away this year was is that somebody sent out a list of inventors, of African-American inventors, um, uh, uh, and I was shocked. I couldn't believe the you know, the things that we use every day that were actually invented by African Americans. It's it's amazing to me. It really is. Well, you know, you have you have the display that's going on right now, you know, and I, I know it's very, very close to your heart. I know you work every year on this. It's very, very important to you and like I said, I saw I mean I saw so much I didn't know where I, I, I felt like if I could just jump into the into the computer and be there and see a little bit close it would have been a really exciting event for me so give us one or two ideas of this of the displays maybe one or two examples of, of somebody that you're that you're showing at the at the uh, at the museum
4: well the, uh, the exhibit is actually at the uh, Petaluma library we were fortunate this year because you know the museum was closed at the beginning in fact the museum just is opening it opened on the 18th I think. And so we were trying to figure out what to do, because we wanted to do an exhibit, and we'd already decided on a theme and everything. And um, the Petaluma Library, uh, Connie Williams, who is one of our members, said, well, why don't we do it at the library? And that was absolutely perfect. It's a smaller spot and stuff. So we decided to actually video just a portion of it. So, our, our theme is Black like Health and Wellness. Uh, and the exhibit actually looks at the causes for some of the health problems that we, that we as African Americans have. And so it starts with slavery. And slavery, you know, was one of those things where, uh, African Americans or Black people were brought here to their country and they were not brought as, as individuals, they were really enslaved, which meant that they were treated more as property versus as as people a lot of times. And so there's all of these things that have contributed to the health and equities that we have now. Oh, wow. And, um, and you see that in the exhibit. You can see a little of that in the exhibit. That's why it's so powerful. I think that everybody should go online. It's actually... Up on our website, uh, you, you, Elaine said that you saw it on Facebook. And yes, I did put it out there on Facebook, that, that little video that we did. But the whole exhibit is right there at the museum. And I would recommend that people go there and actually just read about, you know, not only the inequities and the health problems, but we, with our determination and desire, to become a part of the country that we were brought to. Um, the, the things that we have done for ourselves through the help of other people also to to combat some of this. We're not totally there because there are issues still, but we have made a lot of progress. You know, you'll see scientists there. You'll see um, astronauts there, people who have... Uh, created hospitals and and all sorts of things to help their uh, mm-hmm. their black people and so I'm, I'm really um, I'm kind of excited about People getting out there and taking a look at it,
2: but you know what's what's so interesting about the about the the theme about wellness and wholeness, the idea of health. You know, we we just take these things for granted every day until until you get sick, or you know, right now we have someone in the studio that had a little a little accident. You know, is on crutches and all. She's going to go have X rays and all the wonderful things that are going to take place to help her. Where back in in the day when these people came over from other countries, there was nothing. There was nothing, wow. you know, and and you. I mean, you couldn't even find a black doctor. I mean, let alone be able to get any good health. So, if, like you say, you've come a long way, but there's still a long way to go, and there's so many forces that are seem to want to stop it instead of, instead of move it forward. So I think it's amazing that you did this, this display. Well, you know, we're coming to the end of this segment, and I know there's a very important event that's coming up on February 26th. You want to talk about that and tell people how they can get involved and where it's going to be happening and all the good news about it?
4: Yes. Well, our Black History Program... It's going to be on Saturday the 26th. It is virtual because of COVID. I mean, we're all aware of that. And so it, it starts at 630. You do have to register. So you can go on to our website, which is pbcd for the number 4, us.com. And you can register there. Or the program, and so once you register, you'll get a notice saying that, you know, we received your registration. Um, the program is really going to be, its I think it's a wonderful program. I was sitting down looking at the, la- the lineup last night. There is hip-hop. There's a book reading. There is gospel singing, gospel and spiritual singing. Sharon Diane Henderson is going to give us a little information about the gospel and spirituals and how they came about, but she's also going to sing some of them. And then our own Grapevine Youth Group is going to do a, a little video that they've made, and actually two of the young ladies have done poems also. But it's it's exciting for me to see what our lineup is and how we've, we've um manage to have something in the program for everybody, for children and for adults and for those young people who like hip hop. So, um, I'm encouraging everybody to uh to make sure that they register and watch the program.
2: You know, Faith, you bring something very important to the table, and that's your excitement. You know, it's the same thing that I feel when I do the radio. I'm get, i so excited when I stop start because I realize I'm doing something for the community. I'm putting the word out there. You know, we have the next interview is going to be with a group called Braver Angels. You know, they're out there trying to bring the reds and the blues together to start communicating Mm -hmm. and talking Mm -hmm. to one. You know, because, I mean, we're women. We're people. We're human beings. We live on a planet. We've got to do something or we're not going to have a planet. So I think, you know, the excitement is is an example for, I think, for any woman listening out there. If your life is dull or you feel like, you know, I have no purpose, get involved. Do something for your community. It lifts your energy. I mean, would you agree with that, Faith?
4: I totally agree with that. Your life is supposed to be spent, really, you know, in service to yourself taking care of you, but also to your community. You, you need to be involved in it. You live here. You need to be, you know, active and out in it. And, Elaine, before I forget, let me just remind you that on Sunday we have our gospel and R&B concert at the museum. They're actually open now. And our uh, concert is going to be the first thing that's happening there after they've been closed for so long doing for COVID. So I'm really interested in having people go. We have two concerts, one at three and at five, and the lady and and band who are going to be playing are just wonderful.
2: Can you do? You have a flyer that you could send me that we could post on our website. I certainly do. I have one
4: right here in my hand. I'll I'll send it over to you in just a few minutes.
2: Yeah, and then we can do well. Well, Faith, we have come to the end of this segment, and I want to give you you. Just This has been an absolutely wonderful and inspiring interview. Give us the website one more time, and also uh, if you have the address of the Petaluma Museum.
4: It is. Our website is TBCD4. That's the number for us dot com. But if you, you don't remember it, just put in Petaluma Blacks for Community Development, and it will pop up for you. And the museum is located on, oh my gosh, it's on the corner. And I don't, let's see if I have the address right here. I don't have it in front of me. But if you look, put in the Petaluma Historical Library and museum in your website, it will definitely show
2: up. Right, and we will definitely have it on our website, www.womenspaces.com. Well, Faith Ross, thank you so much for being on Women's Spaces, and thank you so much for the contribution that you make to our community.
4: You're very welcome. Thank you for having me, Elaine. I really enjoyed
2: it. Oh, it's such an honor, Faith. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Wow, folks, I'll tell you, there's so much going on in our community and, you know, and, and right now we're going to take a musical break. And when I return, I'm going to be talking with Mary Minot. Oh, before I do that, I just want to, before I announce this, I just want to do a special thank you, thank you to Faith Ross. She's a marvelous person, very active in our community, and like I said, her excitement shows the value of getting involved in community activism. Anyway, now let's go back to this. We are going to take a musical break, and when I return, I will be talking with Mary Minot and Trina De La Chapelle, and we will be talking about the organization, braver angels. Their mission is to bring Americans together to bridge the partisan divide and strengthen our democratic republic. Strengthen our democratic republic. How do we do that? Our republic. How do we do that? By coming together, by communicating, by talking. The creator gave us vocal cords, gave us a brain. We can talk. We can communicate. What an amazing miracle. The human's species is. If we could just come together, it'd be wonderful. The song I'm going to be playing is a very special song to me. As you know, I've had Becky Hobbs on Women's Spaces. I mean, and this song, by the way, it was turned into a, a song by Alabama and actually has won so many awards so many acclamations, and also i believe uh Danny Thomas's i can't remember the name of their their charity that they work with the uh, children with cancer but this is also their theme song uh Angels among us. It's a beautiful, beautiful song, and it really, to me, expresses because you know when you look at your life, you know, like I said before, you know, being being the age I am, I have a lot of time to reflect, a lot of time to reflect, a lot of time to look over one's life, and I tell you, I've had miracles, I've had situations where all of a sudden, boom, I don't know how I'm going to work it out, and suddenly it works out. Now, who knows? Is it an angel? Is it just is it just luck? None of us know. We live in a mysterious universe. But this song, I think, really depicts a lot of what these folks are trying to do and a lot of what I believe, to be honest with you. This is one of my belief systems. So let's go ahead, Ken. We're going to listen to Angels Among Us, sung by Becky Hobbs. And when we return, we will be talking with Mary Minot and Tr- Tina De La Chaprelle, and we'll be talking about Braver Angels. Braver Angels <laughs>
1: I was walking home from school on a cold winter day, took a shortcut through the woods and I lost my way. It was getting late and I was scared and alone. Then a kind old man took my hand and led me home. standing there But I knew in my heart He was the answer to my prayer Oh show us how to live To teach us how to give To guide us with the light of love When life held troubled times And had me down on my knees There's always been someone to come long and comfort me. A kind word from a stranger to lend a helping hand. A phone call from a friend just to say they understand. Now ain't it kind of funny at the dark end of Just a scene.
2: With the light of love That gives me the chills I had to hold back the tears It was just so amazing, this song Well, welcome back You're listening to Women's Spaces, And I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz And joining me in the studio Is Mary Minot and Trina de la Chapelle Who are members of an organization Called Braver Angels And that's why I played that song I just think it's just just amazing. Well, before we begin, I'd like to tell folks just a bit about each of you. Is that okay? Well, Please. let's identify your voice, Mary. Say hi so people know who Mary is.
0: Good morning. This is Mary Monot. Yes, and go
5: Good morning. This is Trina de la Chapelle. Oh,
2: great. So when I call, you know, people won't get confused, like, who said that and who said that? Well, let's start with you, Trina. Trina Chappelle moved to Santa Rosa in 2000. She graduated from Santa Clara University and worked as a social worker. She also worked as a veterinarian technician and more recently as a pharmaceutical sales representative. Trina was a hardcore Democrat for over 40 years. She She reports being glued to CNN all through the Trump presidency. And in twenty twenty, Trina says she no longer recognized her party and walked away from her blue tribe and registered as an independent and now is on the right. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Tina was a, Trina was attracted to braver angels after she attended a red blue workshop last November because she is so concerned about the polarization in the country. Tina lives with her dog in Santa Rosa. What's your dog's name, Trina? His name is Brat. Brat. <laughs> like like you little little brat. You know, we have a little Rosie that looks exactly, almost the same, but it's not a poodle. She's a Chorky. And uh, Mary, I'm going to tell the folks just a little bit about you. I've known Mary for a long time, for 20 years. We went all the way back to the Harmony Festival, where she was very, very active. Mary Minot is a long-time Sonoma County resident, moving here in 1997. She has a varied uh, varied career background as well, with years spent in, I couldn't believe this, automobile sales, more banking, the construction industries, and six years in the Army Reserve. <laughs> it's amazing. She is an avid activist in the political, environmental, and social justice. And I have to say, Mary's always been a little bit of ahead of her time. She's the owner of Green Mary, a 20-year-old company that provides greening uh, services to the public events around the San Francisco Bay Area, which is very interesting. I always remember you just dive, trash diving, I was thinking... <laughs> During uh, a community forum on race and racism in 2021, Mary learned about the vital national organization, Braver Angels, and then started a local alliance, tapping one of her friends to be the other county co-chair, currently uh, getting her master's degree in consciousness studies. She likes to have fun. She likes to ski. She loves to read. And she does dog fostering. I can go on and on. We'll welcome both of you. Anything you'd like to add? Anything you'd like to add? no just so happy to be here quite a resume well let's start out let's start with you mary talk about braver angels its mission and what do you believe distinguishes you from other groups
0: well braver angels started after the um 2016 elections and the founder, Bill Doherty, observed a tremendous growing division in the country and a seeming inability for people of different political persuasions to talk civilly with one another. So he started the organization and it is all volunteer run. There are now a few paid staff members, but it's all over the country with 80 local alliances and over 10,000 members and growing speedily. I don't know that much about comparable organizations, to do a compare and contrast, but I do know that there are quite a few others, and one that I just found yesterday was called um, Citizen Connect, and I went on their website to find the offerings that they had, and it was very similar. I think a lot of people and organizations are looking for ways to get us to the table, speaking to each other, and working together, rather than just running away from the conversation.
2: Well, what was your aha moment that got you motivated to join Braver Angels? And then after, mm. I want to hear a little bit from Trina, how what, what motivated her?
0: Yeah, I don't know that it was a pinpointable moment in time, but I recognized that I for most of my life was a very political being following the news and just involved and aware and in the last decade or so I found myself really pulling back I would hide behind my screen of well I'm an environmental activist now thank goodness somebody else is over there paying attention to the political mess because that's I'd rather play with trash <laughs> you know it was just too messy <laughs> and <I just laughs> play
2: with, play the political arena you're still playing with trash but that's okay <laughs>
0: uh, and, but I can see the results right. of what I'm doing now, and it's um, it's really hard to see movement. But in being with Braver Angels, we can perceive. I can feel shifts inside of me and watch ahas on one another's faces.
2: Trina, come into the conversation. What about you? What was your aha moment? I mean, here you are, you know, memory going through all this process of changing parties, going to becoming an independent, and all of a sudden this group comes along. What what was your motivation? What what was the attraction?
5: Well, first, Elaine, thank you for having me. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. So I would say approximately two years ago, which is 2019, 20, and 2020, around that time, I started becoming annoyed with some of my party's positions on things. Um, and I also noticed that we were dangerously polarized as a country I noticed that I was silencing myself a little bit with some of my friends. I wasn't sure if they would accept that I disagreed with them on some issues. And all my friends were, were blue-leaning Democrats. So that was my bubble that I was in. I was in a deep blue bubble. And I started having some nuanced views that veered a little bit from the party line. And I, and I realized that I wasn't even sure I could say what I really thought. And, and that really concerned me and And I truly started worrying about the country because I that was around the time I got on Twitter. I had already been on you know watching cable news. and so I knew how polarized we were from you know cap- watching uh, cable news. But then I was on Twitter, and then that, that made me very alarmed because I saw the underbelly of what's going on in the country, and it's not good. So when I heard about braver angels, I thought that is exactly what the country needs right now because friends are having trouble talking to each other and uh, they're abandoning each other. People are estranged from family members over politics. And then I'll just add that I noticed that politics was being injected into literally everything and that if our polarization doesn't get any better and we still have politics injected into everything, our society is going to fray and our quality of life is is never going to be what it used to be and
2: well you know you both use the word polarization can you trina give us a little definition of what 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 do you see as polarization i mean what are some of the things that make us polarize put it that way in your observing i mean it sounds like you have been really thinking and looking at where you're at and then looking at where, where you're, what you're supporting is that, and then you saw a polarization. What, what did you mean by that? And can you expand on that a little bit?
5: Yeah, I think I think a lot of people have heard of the concept of, you know, being in a bubble. And I think because, in fact, um, Mary and I were talking about this yesterday. I think most people would agree now that we're, we're watching, we're getting our news and information from po- um, partisan partisan sources and so mary and i were talking about this we're not even hearing all the same news there will be things that people on the right will hear from where they get news that people on the left will never even know about and vice versa and that's increasing the polarization and i was giving mary an example of a couple of things that i had heard about that you know my my blue-leaning friends i couldn't even talk to them about because they hadn't heard about it It wasn't in the Press Democrat, it wasn't, you know, on NPR, it wasn't on any of the... And they were in deep blue, you know, they were in a deep blue bubble. And I realized, if we stay in our bubbles and we don't engage with the people uh, across the partisan um, divide, then we're not, we're never going to know our own blind spots. And so the only way to get out of this mess that we're in, and I don't know anybody who doesn't, on on either side, who doesn't think we're in a mess is to engage with each other. Um, and then one thing I'll just add about Braver Angels, which I love, is that, and I want to make sure everybody understands, is that you don't have to change your views. In fact, nobody changes, you know, nobody, there's no pressure to change your views in Braver Angels. There's total acceptance for everybody with the views that they have.
2: Well, it sounds like there's not a fear of dialogue. I mean, I, I have that same feeling, you know, like all of a sudden I, I I'm part of a Democrat, I'm a Democrat now, you know, I'll, I'll see something that I disagree with, and then all of a sudden, I feel there's nobody I can talk to about it, I feel they're going to feel that I'm against
5: them, when I'm
2: not really against them, I'm just trying to find out more
5: information. You know, that's actually perfect, because what I was going to add is that in Braver Angels, you don't have to change your views, you're accepted with your views, but you do have to engage with people on the other side. So, like,
2: can you ask like one question? Like I'd like to find out, particularly with women, I, I would love to have a discussion about pro life. You know, I've tried several times to reach out, and I, they feel like I'm the enemy, like I'm going to try to destroy them. When I just want to find out what they're about and where is our common now, because we're all talking pro life. So let's look at what we mean by pro life. Let's get together, but but there's so. Are you talking about that? So I could go to the group say, and meet someone from pro life, and we would have a dialogue. Would there be a facilitator there? I mean, because I could imagine all of a sudden getting a little rough.
0: That would be something that we would set up ahead of time, but we don't tend to do topics like that. It's more putting on workshops for um, friends and family to get together to look at their issues and find commonality or at least agree to disagree. We have other workshops like Skills for Bridging the Divide. You could go to some of these workshops and acquire skills to learn to engage with people oh. who perhaps differ from you um, but we had, for example, a movie viewing this past week or we had a discussion about the movie Best of Enemies. It was online, and then afterwards it was a fairly well attended, 20 people with an um, interesting conversation, and we're really trying to reach – um, out to reds. When you say it's hard to get a, a pro life person to come and have a conversation with you in Sonoma County, being so solidly blue, it's oftentimes difficult to get red leaning people to come and have conversation with us. And that's the case across the country. So we're asking people who are listening if they have red leaning friends or know of organizations where we may present to have them contact us. And you can go to Mary at GreenMary dot com. Or you can go to the national website and become a member for $12 a year. Becoming a member at the national level will put you into our local lists, and we can reach out and bring people in that way. But definitely looking to bring in people from all nuances and across the political spectrum.
2: Well, talk a little bit. You you say you you have two different kinds of workshops. You have a skills workshop. And then I, I saw several, several workshops listed. Give, give us a, one or two more.
0: Yes, I was just mentioning those two first. Our flagship is the Red Blue Workshop, where we have an equal number of red-leaning and blue-leaning people. And Sonoma County is one of the rare alliances where we're having live Workshops. Most of the folks around the country are still Zooming. So we have a red-blue workshop coming up in Healdsburg on March 12th. That can be found on the BraverAngels.org website. Do the drop-down to find an event and put in Sonoma County. Our other coming-up event is Skills for Bridging the Divide on March 6th. That is also in person at the Sebastopol Grange. Two to four p.m. I'm sorry, I don't remember the time, but everything is on the national website.
2: Well, I'll get I'll get all the information from you, and we'll list, it, it'll list you under your section. Thank you.
0: Go ahead. Uh, so those are the four primary uh, I mentioned: friends and family workshop, depolarizing within. Um, That was a very interesting workshop for me to attend because that's where we acquire skills. First, we're made aware of our own, as Trina referred to, blind spots, and that we tend to pool together with people that think like us for the desire to belong and fit in and be right. And there's just a whole, uh, I will have friends ranting and raving from the far left side about all of Just blanket statements, those evil blah-blahs. If you voted for Trump, you're, you know, just such blanket statements that once upon a time I would have just sat there nodding or even chiming in. And now I am leaning in, being brave, and with friends and associates saying, now wait a minute. And yes, and in um, the depolarizing within, we learn four steps to listen, acknowledge, which does not mean agree. And then we acquire the skills for pivoting to say, I'm going to take this conversation a slightly different angle and perspective. I've been working with an organization called Braver Angels where I'm associating and even becoming friends with people on, I'm doing air quotes, the other side. And I'm learning that they're just like us. They have a lot of the same goals. They might have a different way of wanting to get to that end goal. But we're in there working for the betterment of our nation.
2: Let me just ask you a question. We, we're, we're coming very quickly then the end of this segment. You know, one of the things all of a sudden I thought of is Hardcore. You know, those are excellent, excellent things. Well, we're coming to the end of the segment, so I know that you have some real strong goals for 2022. Uh, you want to address that, Trina? Anything you'd like to say about 2022? Any plans? And, and what is your what is your participation? I know, Mary, you're running. You have a, a chapter that you've opened here in Sonoma County, and are you involved with that chapter also, Trina?
5: Yes, I am. And you know, given that we're in a deep blue county. Uh, we are short of red-leaning people. And Braver Angels is There's a safe...
2: 63,000 of them out there that voted.
5: But they're not... You know they they don't know about us or they feel beaten up in this county and they and they don't want to join us, and so I would just like to make a pitch. Um, I know that this is likely a left leaning audience, but maybe you know almost everybody knows a neighbor or has a friend or a family member who might be a red leaning person. And Braver Angels is a safe place for everybody, so it has to be balanced. Our, our red blue workshop. We're not going to have more blues than reds, so we need more red leaning people so that we can bring more blue leaning people in. We want to increase the membership, so I want to just make a pitch. I'd like to make a pitch for anybody who knows any red-leaning people, whether it's your neighbor or your family member or a friend or a co-worker. Please tell them about us.
2: Oh. Perfect. Well, I want to thank you, both Mary and Trina, for being on Women's Spaces. You certainly have opened up my mind and my heart. You know, I definitely want to give you, get involved. So thank you so much. And to my listeners, all the information will be on the website, all their websites, the, all the information about the two workshops that are coming up. Anyway, I want to thank to It's a special thank you to Faith Ross for letting us know about Perluma uh celebrating Black History Month, and a special thank you to Mary Minot and Trina de la Chappelle for telling us about the organization uh, Braver Angels, an organization dedicated to bringing Americans together to bridge the partisan divide and strengthen our democratic republic. Wow, what a mission. A reminder, tell your friends, uh, Women's Spaces will be aired again tonight at 11 o'clock, and as I say at the end of the show, our children are our future. We must never lose sight of that. And let me tell you something. I'm very impressed with this group, Braver Angels, and I encourage any of you out there, if you have any friends that you're having issues with that you want to learn how to, to have a conversation, please, please contact them. I think that's the only way that we're going to come together and have peace, that we come together as a, pu- a community of human beings. This is Elaine B. Holt. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time.
1: In your life, the woman in your life is you. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, February 21st,
3: 2022.